What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Emmanuel. Before we get to this episode, it's important that you know that Unassociated is a 501c3 nonprofit. And besides being empowered by God to create content and experiences that help young people discover their identity in Christ, we rely on the generous donations of our supporters. If at any time during this episode you feel led to partner with us in our mission, please go to www.un-associated.com donate and make a one-time donation or subscribe to provide automatic monthly donations. This ministry has big plans for 2024 and the journey starts now with your help. In absence of financial donations, we would appreciate your prayer and continual engagement in what we do regardless. Feel free to spread the word about Unassociated to your family, friends, and church family as well. And a huge thank you must go out to all of the folks that have already began partnering with us and have been praying and supporting us thus far. We are excited for what God has planned next. Like our Poetry Jam returning once again to Los Angeles, February 3rd, 2024. Hope you all enjoy this episode. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. And man, we are officially in men's month. Um, Apologies. For the impromptu, like, you know, not like having a new episode last week, but um, we did do a bonus episode, which was the Overcoming Sexual Sins back from 2020. I recorded that one and um, I'm thankful that God reminded me to re-upload that one. Um, I, I did pl- I did want to record, but things did not work out. Pray for you, boy. I'm very a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of things to juggle. But nevertheless, man, um, we're back this week. Um, and we have an amazing guest with us. He's our very own Chebuka. Um, this is my cousin. This is my loved one. This is a fundraising coordinator for Unassociated as well. Uh, welcome to the show for the first time, Cheb. You A, you A, you A. That part. That <laughs> part. Um, yeah, so me and Cheb grew up together. Um, and you joined the team, what was it, last year? June 2022. Yeah, that was last year. Okay, but uh, yeah, it feels longer than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shoot, we finna we finna have this conversation. You know, we talked to you guys about how we've been doing men's month. Um, and you know, we really wanna redefine manhood. We wanna have these conversations and just create this space for us to really, you know, talk about what needs to be talked about. And, you know, uh Philip Philip his episode is coming, but Philip is a writer on our team. And you probably saw his video and his defining series blog that was posted, um, I think like last week. And, you know, this was really his idea. And I'm very happy that he had the idea because it's it's something that we all need. Um, and <clears throat> I will say that, you know, we have different topics that we're going to be talking about each week. Um, I'm excited for the topics that we have each week. But for this week, of course, we have the topic of transparency. And it's funny because, you know, like I thought we I thought Cheb knew that he was going to come on here and talk about transparency. Uh, Unfortunately, he didn't know until like I told him like yesterday. Um, But nevertheless, interesting enough, I do think that you're like the perfect person to talk about transparency because like you actually are a very transparent person. And I appreciate that because I love to be able to communicate with people who are transparent 
it helps me feel like I can be transparent as well. Um, and the topic of transparency comes up because many of us men um, do not feel comfortable being transparent, don't feel comfortable being vulnerable, um, mostly, you know, for many reasons. There could be many reasons, and one of them being just this definition of masculinity and manhood that gets circulated around the society. And um, yeah, we're going to have a talk about transparency, man. Um, but before we get to that, Cheb, let the people know who you are. You know, what what do you want the people to know about you before we get into the conversation? Sheesh. I mean, you already said everything. I feel like... I said I mean, you're my cousin. That's about it. I, yeah. Okay. Shoot. I'll take one from uh, Oluwa Burner's book. I'm a common person. Okay. I don't okay. do much. I am grateful to be born and raised in Southern California to two Nigerian parents. Igbo Quinn, you know, if you know, you know. But yeah, proud Igbo boy, born and raised out here and just enjoying the professional life back home. So I was fortunate enough to go to college out of state. And it was funny because a lot of people said, why would you leave California? Like everything is here. But mm. I've basically been able to explore and now I realize Maybe not necessarily grass is greener, but there is other grass, and that is enough for me. So being back home with family, with you, other people, and having that community again that I've grown up with, man, you can't beat it. So I'm grateful to be a part of UA and have another family, and just being able to see you grow and the team grow and just everything that's happening. So I'm Amen. grateful. Amen, bro. And we're grateful to have you back, bro, for real um but cool let's let's get into the conversation and i thought it'd be really cool for us to start off the conversation with i wanted to ask you what how do you define manhood you know like and let me let me give you two ways to answer that give me how you feel the world defines manhood and then how you believe the word of god defines manhood mm. maybe you believe they're the same maybe you believe they're different but yeah open open yeah yeah i think the two the two things competing in my mind the world and obviously i'm not really on social media or nothing like that so it's hard for me to really know but based on my limited experience and exposure it feels like the world defines manhood as responsibility mm. so whether you want to throw providing for a family under there whether you want to throw building a career Whatever it may be, men are responsible. Men mm. need to be able to do things, accomplish things, and have purpose. Yeah. Then when I think of the spiritual side, I have to think about the ultimate example of a man, which is the son of son of man and son of God himself, yeah. where I see him as the servant. So I yeah. see manhood or masculinity, whatever it may be, as servitude. Mm. When you can lay down your life for others, of course, these other things fall into it, whether it be the purpose, whether it be the provision that you provide to others. But to me, it's it's servitude, laying yeah. down your life for your friends, being able to sacrifice yourself as Christ did for the church. All these different things I feel fall under, under service. And I think that to me represents being a man. I feel that. And I would definitely agree. Um, in my opinion, I would say like, manhood from a godly standpoint i agree 100 percent. you know like i think the ultimate example is is christ um and ultimately like he was a servant you know i think a man 
is a provider, you know, is, is, is a leader. Um, and I will say though, I feel like the world has kind of corrupted that. I was actually having a, like my, my teacher, my, one of my professors were saying it in class where like sin corrupts, like sin always has a little bit of good in it or a little bit of virtue in it, but it's just corrupted. Yeah. It's corrupted virtue. And I feel like, you know, we can talk about how like the godly definition of a man involves service and it involves, you know, laying down our lives for other people, all that different stuff. But I think it's unfortunate that from a worldly standpoint and more like uh, a sinful standpoint, we've kind of shifted that, you know, responsibility into like, that's our identity. And if we are not the best provider or the best most responsible or the best servant then we're nothing and then we're now we're talking about us being insecure of our own worth you know what i'm saying like do you feel the same it's crazy because there was something i was reading and maybe i think it's from this nonprofit group that's trying to to re-engage men right because in our generation there seems to be a sort of resignation right i'm all for women and empowering them to be able to have careers, to be able to be their own people, because for centuries they were property. And that to me isn't right either. Mm -hmm. So to now see that, there's like an opposite effect, right? So when women are doing better in school and we focus on them, men start to decline, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can see it in different things, but essentially what I'm trying to say is there's this weird, I think I just lost my train of thought. I think I know where you're going to though. Yeah, and let me know if I'm if I'm going that direction. Whereas, like, because we see we've seen our value so much in what we can provide, and we've attached our identity to that, when we're not needed as much to provide, it makes us feel you know just worthless. worthless. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel that <laughs> somebody was saying that's what the Barbie movie was about. <laughs> They're probably right though. I could I could see that though. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it. But I mean oh, okay. that's that's pretty much what happens, which is mm-hmm. why we don't want to get married. We don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to go chase the career. We don't for what? You don't mm-hmm. need me. Society doesn't need me. So I'm gonna play video games and chill out. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Um that's terrible. And you know, I feel like it really comes down to Maybe it's just really a conversation of before we even get to masculinity, it's a conversation of identity. Um, I'm doing like this. It's called a spiritual formation course in a seminary right now. And it was interesting because we're doing like basically it's like a mentorship program type of thing where they you, you go through a curriculum with a spiritual mentor. And the first session of the curriculum talks about identity. And what I thought was interesting is that at the very end, it talks about how, you know, our identity is not in what we do necessarily. It's not in our fatherhood. It's not in our, excuse me, brotherhood. It's not in our job. And it even went as far as say it's not in ministry. Like our identity is not even in ministry. And the reason the, the, the reason it had for all of that was that all of those things are temporary. And, you know, even as sad as it might seem, but like fatherhood is temporary, you know, or these things are not eternal to the where they can always and will always exist. So we cannot place our identity 
in those things and it will be in you know will be unstable mm -hmm. um and i think that there's a difference between recognizing the responsibilities we have as a man um, but we shouldn't conflate that with our identity and value as men and i feel like that's that's what sin has done ultimately and that's what the world has done in it and yeah i think it's i think it's really bad man i think that's what we're seeing the effects of if i'm being completely honest bro i feel like god has been correcting me in the area of tying up my identity with ministry like sure i didn't wrap up my identity and being a provider for anybody else but i definitely think that i have been guilty of wrapping up my identity in ministry mm. and if i'm being completely honest with you i don't really got hobbies outside of unassociated <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey bro bro some people be asking me like so what do you like what are your hobbies or what are you interested in like i mean probably interested in jesus Yo. <laughs> i feel like hobbies, hobbies oh. are a weird taboo thing where you're supposed to have it but you don't really know like how to do it like, no i remember i wanted to start painting for a while and then i was oh, like God. i gotta buy paint and yeah I buy, and i gotta buy canvas and they're expensive and they're exp and if, canvas if is my, expensive if my painting sucks i'm not hanging it up so where right. am i putting it it's just like it's nah, it's an investment. It. I ain't mad at it, bro. Um, but yeah, no, that that that's interesting, man. I I would I want to say I want to switch the conversation over to the topic of transparency because I feel well. Let me ask you this first. Why do you feel? Or let me say this. Let's clean slate. Um, do you feel like men are transparent enough? And if yes. What makes you think that? If no, what makes you think that? Let's start there. Are men transparent enough? I can't speak for all men. Mm -hmm. I would say for myself, I'm, I've learned the difference between transparency and honesty. So even earlier when you mentioned that I'm a very transparent person, I've worked on it for sure, but I would actually argue that I'm, I'm an honest person. So what I mean by that is... When I think of honesty, if you ask me how I'm doing or ask me a question, I will actually genuinely tell you how yeah. I'm feeling or what, what's going on. Facts. That's the person that I am. But it's transparency would say, you know what, Iman? I'm not feeling it right now. You don't have to ask me anything. I'm just telling you mm. that this is where I'm at and this is how I feel. Mm. And I feel as though men can be very honest but I don't think we're as transparent. And so for me, transparency has always come with, would I say shame? Well, okay, there's two concepts, right? Mm -hmm. So in the world, transparency for me, I'm not a very talkative person, I'm pretty reserved. Mm -hmm. But once people get to know me, obviously, you know, I can talk. But I've realized that I don't, necessarily think people value or care what about what i have to say mm. which for me therefore says uh, i don't feel like telling you how i feel i don't feel like expressing my opinion just because you've asked for it mm. and if if you do i'll give you some version of it but you're not necessarily getting the whole whole truth yeah and so it's it's been interesting because then when i switch into the spiritual context i was a associate transparency with like shame 
So even thinking about sexual immorality, okay, yes, I know James five, what is it, James, James three or is it James five? Confess your sins and let others pray for you and things like that. I'll just uh, look James it up. James five, James five. James five. But it's it's like a lot, I won't even look, a lot of the things associated with us receiving healing or trying to get over things require us to be transparent. The Bible doesn't necessarily use that word. Yeah. But when you have to confess and bring these things to light. They're the yeah. only ways you can fix these things. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because I don't think a lot of men are there. And I, I don't know if I answered the second half of your question. No, I, I think you did. I think okay. you did. Um, and if I'm understanding what you're saying fully is that, well, one, I'll say the Bible definitely, I think, implies the importance of transparency of course it's not using that word but you know when we get um verses like what was it that i actually had down here i think i had a i had some oh yeah galatians 6 2 when it tells us to bear one each other's burdens right or when it tells us to confess our sins to one another right whatever it might be whenever we're confessing or whenever we are bearing each other's burden burdens or when it talks about how as a church we grow in that love like all of that implies transparency because we have to be able to be transparent enough to recognize that we're sinners, right? Right. Um, transparency is something I've really valued, you know, on this podcast and everything like that. Just considering the fact that I've recognized it's a great medium in order to grow together. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that that's just evident in the world. Um, but there's something you said I thought was really interesting because you said there's a difference between honesty and transparency. Um, and... If I could understand what you're saying, are you saying that when you're honest, you're controlling what it is that you're saying and you're filtering out certain things, whereas transparency is kind of really just being an open book. And that kind of includes, you know, being open about the things you're shameful about. Did I understand that correctly? A little bit. I would okay. just tweak. I would tweak the honesty bit. Right. Okay. So honesty, honesty for me is giving giving you everything in a sense okay but trans transparency to me would be me bringing everything so if honesty is me giving you the truth transparency would me would be me bringing you the truth mm. so if someone so sim simple examples when people ask you oh hey man man how you doing what's going on oh i'm fine okay but then the honest person when asked that would now give you the honest response Right. To say, oh, you know, things are not too great. This is happening, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The the transparent version of that is I see you or we're talking on the phone and I'm just like, Iman, I'm I'm going through it. Like mm. I I don't know what's going on. You yeah. haven't asked me anything, but I'm bringing it forth to you. Yeah. That's, that's kind of I feel that. I feel that. And I think wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like unprompted. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's it, it takes a level of vulnerability yes yeah i i feel that and i think that a lot of a lot of us struggle with that mm -hmm. have you ever struggled with that personally i have i have i think it goes into what what i was saying earlier because there's like there's no way for me to say i've overcome these obstacles or struggles but just for me, I know I have an issue of truly, how would I put this? I can be very apathetic 
before. I just don't really care about how people feel or what they say. Not to say I don't have empathy, even though that is the definition of apathy, but it's it's more like there can be certain things where it doesn't make sense to me or I'm very indifferent about it to where I kind of push it off. So I always assume that people do that for me as well. Mm. Which is why it's like, why should I tell you that I just moved all my stuff mm. within two weeks and I didn't want to and it was really painful and blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares? Yeah. Who really cares? Versus if if I were to just get it off my chest and tell people, maybe it wouldn't be something that I'm harboring and festering. Because I know for me, I am someone that bottles things up. Mm. So... Please tell me if I'm I'm not answering your question. No, bro, that I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that kind of prompts my next question. Okay. Because it seems that you're making judgments based off of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I guess the next, you know, logical question would be, what do you think causes you to have that level of apathy? Mm. This is not a therapy session or anything like that. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? I'm, I am very curious. And let me, yeah. as you think about that, let me explain why I say that is because I, I was interested in you saying that because I had a conversation um, and that that episode's coming. It was recorded before this one. It's with uh, John Bloom. It Which one am I going to put out before this? I'm going to put this one out for it. But basically, one of the things he said that really stood out to me was how I asked him, like, how do we as men find people that we can be vulnerable with. And the answer he gave is that we have to be the person that we're looking for. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I feel like that kind of relates to what you were saying. Whereas like, just kind of like flipping it on his head where you find it hard to share because you're potentially, and I don't want to, you know, indict you of anything but potentially you're not the best person to share to or you don't view yourself as that correct yeah correct and it's it's funny because me being an honest person people tend to come to me to tell me or ask me things yeah and that's what makes it interesting i think the root so to kind of answer your your initial question the root the root of the apathy more so comes from my lived experience mm. and maybe other men can re- kind of resonate with this when you suddenly start to realize the reality of the world that we live in mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that really dis- discourage and disappoint you mm. so i know you said this isn't therapy but I, I was in therapy last year and i remember i kind of discovered the root of where a lot of my issues uh maybe they're not issues whatever but I discovered that root and the root was disappointment. Mm. There's a lot of disappointment in, well, it comes from my parents for sure, just with how their divorce and everything happened. Mm. But when, when you're so young and you kind of like remove your parents from their pedestal, mm. there's a dominant, there's almost like a domino effect because my dad is a pastor. My mom is first lady. So you combine that with faith as well. And you're just kind of like, wait a minute, what, what's really going on here? So the apathy, almost came from this sense of like, does any of this really, like, why are you doing this? Does any of this Mm. even matter? So a lot of it comes from me just kind of being a pessimist 
or yeah or a realist a pessimist in disguise a realist because then i i try to tell myself like oh well uh, it doesn't really matter if you say this because even if i tell this kid to do this or whatever uh, it doesn't matter as much but i'm i'm working to kind of flip that around to where as i become more transparent especially i love to work with youth so as i become more transparent with them like i can never understand what they're going through because it's, it's a different generation mm -hmm. but when i'm able, able to say like yo i didn't like reading the bible either or yo you guys should just go to school school's a scam but do it anyways because <laughs> this <laughs> like this is just what it can get you mm -hmm. that's that's how i like to talk with them and as a result they're able to now be like okay well, here's here's my plan or, hey, this is what I've been thinking and my parents don't agree. What do you think? You know, that kind of stuff to yeah. build that conversation. So I lost the question, but <laughs> now let me let me just lay this whole structure out because sure. I feel like we just really just uh, broke through a ceiling right now. We want as men for us to be more transparent. Um, but one of the things that's causing us, one of the obstacles to being transparent is feeling like people won't care. And a lot of times the reasons why we feel like people won't care is because we don't care when people tell us all the stuff that's going on with them. At least for me personally. Hey, and if it's you, it's someone else. And hey. it's even probably me, but I just need to do some reflection, right? Um, and with that being said, like we have to figure out what the source of that might be like what the source of that apathy is and i'm happy that you have found that out and i think that the next question is you know how do we combat apathy and maybe you do not have that answer i don't you know that's that's a big question but i, I do think it's a necessary one so to combat apathy is is like my my life's question i had a mentor and you know who it is micah I remember we were having a conversation. It was more so related to to dating, but he was speaking generally to my life. And he said, how long are you going to continue to exist rather than live? Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, what does that mean? Mm. He was explaining that my apathy or fear of disappointment was essentially causing me to miss out on life or purposely choose like intentionally not want to do it mm -hmm. so i can remember my brother and obviously you know my brother is very different from me he'd want to go do something he's the type of dude that would go to a party he's this he do that whatever whatever i'm like i'm trying to chill at home i don't really care for it i don't understand why i need to go to a party because i'm gonna stand on the wall anyways yeah. and nothing's gonna happen so why even bother but then what Micah had, or my mentor had essentially told me was all you have to do is just go do these things because you can't continue to tell yourself and convince yourself not to experience life, not to live mm. it. All you have to do is just go do it once. And mm. after you do anything, even if it's go ask that girl out on a date, even if it's go to go experience this one type of thing, this event activity, go do it once. And after you do it, ask yourself, was it really that bad? Yeah. And most of the time you will say no, mm. which has been true to this day. Cause even, mm. even what's funny enough, 
so Friday, uh, for the, the listeners, I went to my very first concert. Very first concert ever. Didn't really Wait, have any. Hold on. Yes. Yes. Are you serious? So serious. <laughs> it took me a minute to. Oh, hold on. Are you. Wow. You didn't tell. Did you tell, did you tell us that? No. Oh, crazy. Okay. Wow. Because I was just like, okay, you know what? These are my boys. I, I would have never chosen to done it, do it by myself. But I said, these are my boys. Let me go experience this. Let me go do mm -hmm. it. And I came back from it. And as grumpy or complaining or whatever I was doing, I had fun. And I asked myself, That's was right. it really that bad? No, it was fine. Wow. I was fine with that. So to combat the apathy, I would, I would tell, like, it sounds easier said than done. I tell people to care. Like, just start small. Choose something to care about. Even if it may be one person that, okay, you choose to actually hear them out and just care about what they're telling you. Or, okay, there's one organization or some sort of event or something that you've gen generally not been that interested in. Or let's just say, like, what what's something that's, that's really plaguing men that we feel apathetic about? I I can't really speak to it. I don't know. Maybe there's something out there, but it's it's almost like choose to care, yeah. and just just in well, some yeah. small form choose to care, and realize how much that will allow you to experience and eventually, and I guess this kind of segues into transparency. It would allow you to become more transparent. So, if I keep it in the context of transparency, when you have that conversation with that person, and you know deep down you don't really care about what they're saying or what they're trying to tell you or they don't even know they don't even know that you're not that interested but at some point and i'm not saying people should do this because i know i i'm kind of guilty of this i may not care about what you're saying but i would still give you advice or try to tell you things that will help you i'm not going to brush you off or try to be dismissive yeah and that's that's kind of the way that i try to combat it Nah, I, I, what I'm hearing is being intentional. Yes. Yeah, and and I agree. I think it. Yeah, there's a level of just actually. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to sit through somebody venting, or maybe you don't want to sit through um, somebody talking about their life story, even though it has nothing to do with any gain for you at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree that it takes intentionality. Um, and if I'm completely honest with you, man, since we're being transparent, right? I can relate in, but for me, it wasn't really apathy. It was just being so self-centered to where mm. it's just like, dang, we're not talking about me. <laughs> like, or we're not talking about anything that I can fantasize about or anything that I can somehow twist to make it seem like it's about me. Like, you know, and <clears throat> honestly, I feel like, I've never had a problem being transparent in particular. Um, and I think that the reason why I've never had a problem is because genuinely, like, I've been raised around loving human beings, like, you know, in my family um, that actually care about how I'm feeling, like, fully. Um, and 
but I, I can definitely do better when it comes to being intentional about hearing other people out. Um, so yeah, I, I feel you on that one. I feel so you. how, how will you continue to shift the focus on others as you yeah. interact with them? Okay. Tables turned. How will I shift the focus, focus on them? Um, honestly, I just try to, and it sounds crazy because it still sounds self-centered, but it's not self-centered. I don't think it is. I, at least I don't think it is. I try to understand what they're saying and I try to understand what they're saying fully because it helps me become interested. Like it helps me become interested when I put myself in their shoes so I can fully understand, okay, what is their mindset? What are they thinking? What are the things that they are considering and not considering so on and so forth? And ultimately, you know, I think another part of it, I know some people don't like when you know, give them advice after they vent. If you don't like if some you don't if you don't want advice, don't come to me to vent. Period. That's just <laughs> that's just one. Because Are like you the, but I don't know type of guy. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna tell you that this is the solution. <laughs> like straight up. Like, and I know that that's not what everybody wants, but like I'm very solution oriented. So it's like I want Okay, vent to me. I'm going to try and understand as best as I can. I'm going to be trying empathetic. I'm going to ask you questions, all that different stuff. And we're going to try and get to the solution. Maybe I fail. Maybe we don't. Maybe I don't find one. But we're going to try, you know? Yeah. So I, I say that's how I'm intentional. I, I try to be as empathetic as possible in, in terms of putting myself in other people's shoes. And, um, yeah, trying to understand them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people. I think people appreciate that. Yes. Because I, I do at the very least. Yeah. Um, I actually, actually, I, I think this, uh, I actually wanted to make kind of like one point because I think the reason why I've been able to be transparent so easily and I don't, because I don't want to generalize women as well, but I do think that like the women in my life in particular, because I'm raised, you know, you know, like me and my dad but two sisters and my mom you know mm -hmm. very active in my life um and i think that when it comes to women bro like, well, let me, let me not. bro don't even open this bag because i got ooh, no no, no. Wait, wait. <laughs> it just sounds like i was about to say something way out of pocket but i'm not <laughs> But I do think that my sisters and, like, just being raised the way I was predominantly not around women, like, you have to be able to communicate. Like, you have to be able to communicate. Yep. <laughs> because, like, if you don't, then, like, everything is just terrible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, like, in my experience, you know they're not going to really know how to respond to anything unless you lay it out very clearly to them. And sometimes they might not even consider how they might have done wrong until you lay out clearly how you feel and what went wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And even like, just me talking right now, I'm thinking like I, I genuinely feel like that's the reason why not only I have to be so transparent because I need someone to understand 
where I'm coming from, why I'm feeling, if I'm feeling low, this is why it is, this is what's going on. Don't, you know, don't like try to judge me based off of my current state, whatever it might be. That's right. also why I'm very big on co communication as well, because, you know, communication definitely alleviates or, or circumvents a lot of issues and whatnot. So, yeah, I think that that's like for you, like, you know, you could probably attribute your apathy to your upbringing, but I think I can attribute kind of my comfort with being transparent and vulnerable to my upbringing as well. And I'm thankful also because my family, like we're like, like nothing's our, our business is not being told anywhere else. Cause mm -hmm. like I'm kind of branching off and I, and I don't want to be rambling or anything like that, but I feel like a lot, another obstacle of, of transparency is not being able to trust people, bro, because people will just be saying people's business, bro. Like it, yep. it's a real thing. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess, let me lead this to a question for you. How have you discerned with the people, if you have people you're transparent with, how have you discerned who to be transparent with and who not to be transparent with? Mm. That's a good question, man. And even just thinking about it, it's hard because for me, if you're a total, I've done this before. I've I've been transparent and, and very honest with total strangers. Like I, I remember being at my job this past summer, and there was an intern who I kind of just met randomly and just asking them about themselves, and we studied the same thing. So then towards the end of her internship, she was like, yo, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should take this return offer, this, this, that. I was like, look, I'm, I don't even care if I'm hired here. Don't work <laughs> here if you don't want to do this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, if this is what you think you want to do, go find that out first and do that before you come here, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, there's there's no reason for me to hold back with a stranger because they're a stranger. I don't, I don't expect to hear from her anytime soon or or write me a letter telling me that she decided to do this. But it, to me, I felt like it helped her in that moment. Now, if I think about just with people day to day, man, I feel like I keep going to this, this context of relationships because I know like I've overshared. Mm. And that's, that's my thing where I, I'm too honest mm. and I don't think I'm, I'm transparent enough to where I spare, spare women's feelings. Mm. Part of it comes from the whole fears and everything about marriage and disappointment and whatnot. So you kind of sabotage, but, but I, I genuinely remember and it's so bad, but I'll, I'll go ahead and share. It doesn't matter, but I can remember like with my, my most recent relationship last year, my ex for context, she was a little bit older than me and she was already in her career. I was doing a PhD at the time, which I ended up quitting, but doesn't matter. I remember how we broke up and it was the strangest thing ever because I thought I was just like, just speaking and just kind of getting something on my chest. And the way she received it was like, oh, you're just breaking up with me. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And that's kind of how that went. And I've mm -hmm. I've just had so many instances of that where I overshare. Mm -hmm. 
mm. and other things like that. So how do I discern and decipher? Usually it takes some level of trust, right. but I've found for myself, I tend to to just do it when people genuinely are see- are seeking like an answer or something from me. Yeah. That's typically how it goes. If people just want me to say something just to say something, then I'm not really going to be transparent or, or honest. If it's something where you genuinely need to hear what I have to say or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'll, I'll be more transparent. But I know I have, I've overshared and that has hurt a lot of people's feelings, but. Yeah. yeah. No, I, hey, thank you for admitting that, bro. Yeah. Um I think we've all overshared at some point. Um I definitely overshared. Thankfully, you know, I can't think of like one instance where I like I was like, "Dang, like if anything I'd be like having those moments where I was like, "Dang, shut up. I talk <laughs> too much." Um but like my mom nipped that in the butt pretty early on cuz <laughs> I wasn't finna tell nobody business. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I guess the way I'll, I'll answer my question as well in terms of, uh, um, discerning the way I've discerned, um, is I have tears to my relationships and the way I see it is that like, I have my cores well, I have my family and then I have my cores and then I have everyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that I have someone in my life kind of for every thing, you know, like I have someone that I can go to for spiritual advice. I have someone I can go to for dating advice. I have someone that I can go to for, you know, just, just for, to talk about certain, you know, man topics, whatever it might be like, like I have different people and I've essentially grown up with those people, right? Like I've essentially, um, really just known those people for a long time. And I think that another good trick though, is always peeping what people talk about just in casual conversations. If I see someone who's always talking about somebody else and just what's going on in other people's lives, I think that that's a really good giveaway Mm -hmm. that we would be foolish to think that they're not talking about us when they're in another room. Right. And, And I think that that's just a really good rule of thumb. Like, even if it's like, like, you know, for the men listening, even if it's your girl, like if your girl is always talking about somebody else, chances are maybe she's not the best person to spill out all of your guts to, unless that's your wife. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about wives. We're talking about girls, right? Sure. Like that's a pretty, cause, cause what I hate to see. And, and I think that I really do think that this is really damaging for men is that, you know, you meet the girl or you meet the friend that, becomes so important to you but you know there's no ring like you know what i'm saying like there's no there's no covenant but like you have now spilled out your guts to this person and then it ends terribly and now that person you know it's ill will 
and your business is out everywhere and stuff like that. And I think that a lot of men fear that. Um, and it should be, should be feared. Um, but I, I think that a really good rule of thumb is that if that person is always talking about somebody else's business, you would be, excuse me, you'd be a fool to think that they're not going to be talking about your business as well. Like, like that should just be basic rule of thumb. Got you. I mean, I agree. I agree with the rule of thumb. Something that I kind of want to go back to is what you were saying about being with, I guess, your girlfriend and not a wife and not mm-hmm. being able to share and be, I guess, transparent and vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, up until the covenant. And I don't know, is is that something that men should, should do? Because from, from my understanding, or at least what I think I would want to do is to be transparent and vulnerable even before yeah okay yeah maybe i should rephrase that i don't mean to say like don't be like transparent okay you know what i'm saying but i feel like i would hope that by the time you are ready to marry someone that you can you realize that you can be transparent with you can't be transparent with the woman that she she probably shouldn't be your wife in the first place exactly um but yeah yeah let me just clarify that up but i'm not saying like never but just more so just like, you know, cause I don't want, I want to make a difference there because when it, when we're talking about wives, like I would always encourage like people should be fully transparent, you know what I'm saying? With, with their other half, you know, but I think a lot of us, we're like, Oh, you know, that's my wife. That's my, that's my girl. And it's like, bro, like this is probably not built on the foundation of Christ or it's probably not a relationship you're supposed to be in, but you know, you end up making unwise decisions. So that that's kind of like at least the vision that I had in my own head. But that yeah, that's a that's a great catch though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shoot. We're almost at time. So let me end off by asking you for words of advice to a man who is struggling with being transparent. Um, what are what's something that I mean this whole episode was geared towards answering a question for that, but Kind of give words of advice to that man. Talk to me like I'm that person who is struggling with transparency and wants so desperately to be able to have people in his life that he'd be transparent with for the sake of his own mental health. Mm. Start with honesty. Give give people the truth. Mm. And the verse that comes to mind, I wrote it down, is uh, from John chapter 8. Verse 32. Okay. And for context, Jesus was, first of all, speaking to some of the Pharisees or something like that. And of course, they're asking him questions and trying to kind of poke at him to get something out of out of him. But then he starts to tell them, you know, hey, look, this is what you guys need to understand. I I'm from my father and my father is the one who has sent me. And so if you don't believe in me, then you don't believe in my father, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so towards the end of, I guess, verses 29 and 30, Jesus was now proclaiming like, okay, so from verse 29, and, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many people started to believe in him. And so now in verse 31, Jesus was now talking to these Jews that were believing him because the assumption is others were not walking away. Mm. 
he now tells them, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. And for me, obviously, the context I'm using it is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But when I say start with honesty, there's there's liberation that comes from that. Yeah, because even for me, when I've experienced, like I was saying, like in dating or whatever, when I'm too honest or too blunt or just too transparent with whatever I'm saying, even after the initial feeling of hurt or whatever I may cause to the other, or even just for myself, there's a sense of relief and yeah. freedom from it. Yeah. And so when what I would tell men trying to figure out how to become transparent, first of all, abide in your word for sure and understand all the different things that come with the implication of being transparent with not only believers, but just other people in our communities. You have to understand that when when you can't even like if you can start with God and with Jesus and being honest with him about what you're going through and whatever you may be feeling, understand that 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 simple act of transparency will bring you freedom. And that once you are able to experience that with Christ, you can now translate that to your other relationships. And that to me is where it kind of starts to get the ball rolling. Not to say I've, I've achieved it in any sense, right? but I know for me, as I've become more of an honest person, it's helped me to become more transparent, but most importantly, bring honesty and transparency out of others. And mm. I think that's just as important. Awesome. No, I love that, bro. I think that's a great answer. Um, and I would just add on top of that, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. um, transparency, I think, is one of the foundations of healthy, loving relationships. Not just you know romantic. I'm talking platonic, all of them. And the Bible, the Word of God, God Himself wants us to be in relationships, in friendships. Um, he created the church for a reason, you know, like it, it's not like he just said, all right, just believe in Jesus. I'm coming back for each of you guys um, as individuals later. So peace out. No, like Jesus established the church. And then he left, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's the reason why the church exists. It's because God's judgment and his perfect judgment said, I want them to come together and i want them to uh, that love to abound and i want iron to sharpen iron and i want them through the gifts that i give them to grow and i think that when we value relationships we also recognize that there are certain principles that have to be upheld in order to sustain those relationships and transparency is one of them and for any of us that haven't recognized that yet i pray that you do recognize that that transparency is a foundational principle for healthy relationships and we need relationships according to the word of god according to god himself so um yeah man cheb <laughs> this is a great conversation bro like yes, seriously <laughs> yeah i i really hope that it, it blesses the audience. I, I appreciate UA for doing this because sometimes even for me, obviously I'm not on social media and stuff like that, but I, I can see like the remnants of it. There is 
somewhat of a decline or resignation amongst men because we feel like we're the ones being attacked and whatever it may be. But I, I can see this being something that may help somebody in our community. And I, I really hope it does. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. And, you know, let God truly be the one that, that waters that seed, man. That waters that seed. But uh, appreciate and love you guys for tuning in. Sorry, we got to pray. We got to <laughs> pray to end out. My bad. My bad. I'll pray for us. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this conversation. I thank you for Chebuka and him joining me for this uh, episode. Um, and I just pray over us and I pray over all men, oh God, that you help us, Lord, to truly be more like your son, truly be like Christ, Father. Father, there are a lot of different pressures. There are a lot of different things that want us to invest our identity into them that are not you. Um, there are a lot of obstacles to us being transparent. And sometimes that obstacle is even ourselves, oh God. And I just pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord Jesus. Get rid of all the obstacles, Lord. Help us. Um, let your Holy Spirit truly sanctify us from the inside out. And also, I pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to have um, bless us with be beautiful, amazing people in our lives, oh God, that we can be transparent with, um, that we can be vulnerable with, oh God. So iron can truly sharpen iron, Lord. So we can tell the truth, Lord, um, about us and, and not be ashamed, oh God, and to, to truly live uh, not being scared of the light that that is you, Lord, but instead truly being vulnerable, oh God, because we know that you are the one are the one that gets rid of our shame. You you wipe away our shame, oh God. Um, so I just pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord, even those of us that might be apathetic, help us in, to be more compassionate like Jesus Christ. Um, Father, those of us that overshare, help us to be more discerning. Um, help us, Lord, to be able to discern who we should share with, who we shouldn't share with, oh God. We need your spiritual wisdom. We need your spiritual discernment, oh God. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you give it to us and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Appreciate you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Be back next week. Y'all have a great week. Peace. Peace.